Ready to break free from algorithms, vanity PR, and money-sucking ads? My name's Larissa Worstiak, and I've learned in seven years of jewelry marketing that content is the crown jewel. My agency, Joy Joya, takes a holistic approach, leading with laser-focused storytelling, impactful content creation, and strategic content distribution. This method has worked for the solopreneur as well as the multi-million dollar company, and now I'm sharing the same systems and tactics with you. Here's to standing out in the sea of sparkle. Welcome to episode 268. Today, I want to encourage you to begin setting those goals for 2024 if you haven't already started. This episode is designed to remind you that goal setting in business should encompass more than just revenue targets. It's about adopting a holistic approach to growth, focusing on various aspects of your business to ensure long-term sustainability. Many business owners tend to set their financial goal and then stop there without a clear plan to achieve it or breaking it down into manageable steps. This approach can lead to frustration and disappointment. Success in business is not solely measured by financial gains. It's about building a sustainable, well-rounded organization. By overlooking goals unrelated to revenue, then business owners like you may miss out on key opportunities for growth and fulfillment. We'll be looking at this topic through the lens of Hillary Fink Jewelry, who we've been spotlighting as a jewelry brand case study. For those joining our podcast series for the first time this season, I'd suggest going back to episode 252. That way you can meet Hillary and follow this narrative from the beginning. But before our conversation with Hillary, I'll dive into the importance of setting business goals that aren't solely focused on revenue. So I'll explore various examples of such non-revenue related goals and provide guidance on how to select the right areas to focus on for your 2024 objectives. This will help you understand how a broader range of goals can contribute to the overall success and sustainability of your business. But before we get to the solid gold, I'd like to take a moment to remind you that this podcast has both audio and video, so you can either listen on your favorite podcast platform or watch on YouTube by searching Joy Joya. You can support the podcast for free by taking the time not only to subscribe, but also to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. All right, let's get into today's episode, my sparklers. I want to encourage you, as I said, to start setting those 2024 goals for your jewelry business, but also thinking beyond just putting like a revenue goal and calling it a day because that is not ultimately going to help you celebrate all the wins and stay motivated about your business and build a sustainable organization. So why is it so important to have those business goals that aren't just tied to revenue? Let's start there. When you have the non-revenue related goals and you're focusing on those alongside the sales, then you're thinking more about the long-term success of your business rather than really just those short-term financial gains. 
It's also really possible if you're solely focused on revenue and that is the only thing you're tracking and the only thing you're striving to achieve, it's possible for your business to grow too quickly without all of the other foundational things in place. So growth is actually not always the best goal for all businesses at all times. I think we're just so hyper-focused on that because it's a more tangible, impressive thing, but it's not always the thing to focus on. Goals that aren't tied to revenue can include enhancing customer satisfaction, building a positive brand reputation, fostering a strong, skilled team or workforce, And these aspects are also so vital for maintaining that loyal customer base and motivated team, which, as I mentioned, those are essential for the enduring success of any business. You can't just only think about the money. Non-revenue goals also will help you encourage innovation and adaptability, and that will enable your business to stay relevant and competitive in a rapidly changing and really competitive market. So when you have efforts like focusing on things like sustainability, community engagement, those also demonstrate that you care about your community, that you care about like the greater scope of the industry. And those things can also improve your image, your brand, and appeal even more strongly to your customer base. And those non-revenue related goals can, if you have a team or you're thinking about hiring in 2024 or even further in the future, they can create a positive and inclusive workplace culture and that will lead to your employees being happy, your employees staying with you. Again, those things are all just as important, if not in some ways more important than just the revenue goals. All right, so what are some examples of these non-revenue related goals that I'm talking about? Let's start by talking about work-life balance. This goes out to all of the solopreneurs out there because I meet a lot of you, I talk to a lot of you on a daily basis, and I know that work-life balance can be a huge struggle. It's something that is always evolving, something you always have to assess and make adjustments to as your business changes. So that's a huge uh, aspect of your business that you can set goals around that are not necessarily revenue related, but will pay off big time to your mental health and your ability to continue growing the revenue. So set clear boundaries for your work hours. That will help you prevent burnout. So maybe you shut off your work emails after a certain time, or you don't respond to work emails unless it's between certain hours. Make sure you're taking regular breaks. So if you're the type of person that just like super gets in the zone and you work until you're beyond exhausted, then set a timer to Make sure you're getting up, walking around, having a sip of water, having a snack. And if you do have an employee, a team, a whole workforce, build that into your culture that your employees should also take time for their mental and emotional health so that they can be 
better, more enthusiastic, more productive employees in your business. And again, whether you're a solopreneur or a bigger business, cultivate that company culture that values and respects personal time and commitments outside of work and encourage your employees to also build that work-life balance. Now, hiring. Again, I know a lot of you listening to this podcast, you are solopreneurs out there. Maybe you are not in a place where you think you could hire or that it would benefit you. But I would argue that more solopreneurs would benefit than not from hiring, and they are probably in a better place to hire in some capacity than they even realize, and that they are doing way more work than they should be, that is hindering them from achieving their revenue goals because they're working in the business rather than on the business. So even if you think you're very far away from hiring, I want you in 2024 to at least put the thought in your head and plant the seed of that possibility so that it exists in your mind and that it is there for you to pursue when it's the right time. So have a strategic hiring plan. Figure out, like even, let's imagine if you did hire, what would be the first roles that you would hire out for? What would help you the most so that you could step away from working in the business to actually being the revenue generator, the person who is doing the business development, the more higher level stuff? If you are already hiring, then how can you create more diversity or inclusivity in your hiring process so that you're really bringing on team members that have not just like demographic diversity, but are really bringing their best strengths to the team and making sure the team is varied and dynamic and that you're all working together with your best skills and talents. Create comprehensive training programs for those new hires. Even if you haven't hired, you're not ready to hire, I would say to start standardizing your own processes, like write out the processes of things that you do every day, get it out of your head. Don't put yourself in the jail of being the only person who can do all the things because that is not sustainable. So start finding out ways to document what you do so that eventually other people can do those things. Maybe it is time to get a virtual assistant or someone like really part-time, at least to take those more like repetitive tasks off your plate. And think about also your company values and culture and how you can translate that to the hiring process so that when it is time to bring on an employee or it's time to bring on more employees, you can ensure those people are fully aligned with what your business represents and the culture that you really want to be creating. So let's drill down now into marketing goals that are not necessarily just like the revenue goals. So thinking about the categories of social media, brand awareness, website traffic, email marketing. And you can hold these goals simultaneously So you don't just have to pick one and that's your goal for the year. You can kind of take a mix of these things 
and be tracking your progress simultaneously. I mean, most businesses do that. So with social media, maybe you wanna increase your followers by a certain percentage. Maybe you wanna boost your engagement, establish more consistency in your posting schedule. Maybe you wanna do more collaborations for brand awareness. Maybe you just want to like iron out your brand story or be more consistent with it or try to refine it so that it better resonates with your target audience. For website traffic, maybe you wanna achieve a specific increase in monthly visitors to your website. Maybe you want to increase the time people spend on your site and engage with your site. Maybe you wanna improve your SEO rankings for key terms related to your jewelry brand. Maybe you wanna implement an effective and consistent content marketing strategy. Then for email, Maybe you want to grow your email subscriber list by like a certain percentage. Maybe you want to increase email engagement, so boosting those open and click-through rates. Maybe you want to segment your email list for more targeted marketing. Maybe you just want to be more consistent in sending emails. And then other marketing-related goals that I think are really great enhance customer experience by being more personalized in your services or offers. Maybe this is the year you implement a successful referral program so that you can leverage word of mouth. Maybe you wanna develop a loyalty program to encourage repeat business. Maybe it's time to really focus on gathering those customer reviews or testimonials. Think about reducing your marketing expenses Think about hiring a marketing team member or a consultant. Okay, so you have a lot of ideas now. So how can you in your business select the right areas to focus on for your 2024 objectives? I mean, where do I even start? (laughs) There's so many variables and so many things to think about individually. There's no like blanket advice that I could give you. Setting your goals is so much more than just listing out what you want to achieve without doing any of like the pre-work or the reflection or the research. It really starts with a comprehensive evaluation. And so you wanna think about things like, what is the growth stage of your business? Who is your target audience? What are your current strengths and weaknesses? What are the potential threats? in the marketplace, like your competitors, economic conditions, et cetera, but also what are the opportunities? Where could you go? Where could you flourish and excel? And you also need to anticipate future market trends and shifts in customer behavior. So this involves assessing and envisioning what you ultimately want to accomplish. And from there, you can refine and specify your goals. Your business will likely have diverse goals spanning various areas, like I mentioned before. So you could have some goals related to marketing, some goals related to business development, some to work-life balance, maybe to production and product development, and more. And the specific combination of these goals will be unique to your business. And then for goals that aren't directly tied to revenue, Which goals will help you make more revenue? 
which goals will help you boost customer experience or build brand awareness, whatever you want to achieve. So think about the goals that will really make the most biggest impact on all areas of the business when you achieve them. It's also so crucial to balance short-term and long-term goals. So have goals that are immediately achievable, but then also include those that are more ambitious and challenging. And I would say both types are really vital for your business's growth. While you're focusing on short-term objectives, always consider how these align with and then contribute to your long-term vision. So ask yourself, how can your more immediate goals pave the way for where you see your business in the next five to 10 years. Also, does one of your goals maybe seem easier to knock out than the others? Does one of them seem like they would be more fun and enjoyable to do than the others? Then do those first. (laughs) Give yourself some quick wins so that you can feel more encouraged to tackle those really hard things. And in our upcoming conversation with Hillary, we'll be talking about her reflections on the past year and explore her goals for 2024, which she is still in the process of formulating. Hey, Hillary, thanks for joining us today. Hi, Larissa. Great to see you. Great to see you also. So this episode is coming out mid-December, early to mid-December, and we're recording in mid-November. And I mentioned to Hillary that the questions I'm asking her, she might not have like full clarity on them, even though it seems like when this comes out later in the year, that maybe there would be more time. So we're doing some preliminary talk about like reflecting on the year and what she's hoping to achieve in the new year. So we may even have like a follow-up on this later. (laughs) Yeah. So Hillary, looking back on this year, 2023, what were some of like what you think were the standout marketing strategies or campaigns that really seemed to resonate with your audience and work well for your business? Uh, In terms of like newsletter campaigns or collections and things like that. Um, the, in May I put out an all opals collection and it did really, really well. I would say that that collection was the best collections ever done. Um, my clients love opals. I love opals. And I was lucky to find a lot of really great opals in Tucson that I saved for that collection. And I'll be looking again in Tucson for some really striking, amazing, unique opals. I'm super excited. Um, and then I've realized I put out like a blues and greens collection in, I think it was October. I think I can't remember. Um, and that also did really well. And I did that because I kind of had a feeling that my clients really like blue and green gemstones, which I also really love blue and green gemstones. So, um, that, those two collections did really, really well. And then, um, I mean, I would say in terms of marketing, other marketing strategies, I mean, Instagram still continues to be kind of a, a driver and it, I gained a lot of traction this year. Um, it still continues to just kind of be a great marketing tool for my business. Yeah. Instagram and a lot of other brands aren't like lucky in this way, but it seems to result in a lot of brand awareness for you because when you have a post to like go viral 
or be more popular, like that draws a lot of new followers to your profile. Yeah. I don't know how many followers I had at the beginning of the year, but, um, it's grown a lot. I'm super thankful. Were there any things this year that maybe you thought were promising, but didn't go as planned, not necessarily negatively, but just like, didn't work out like you, like you thought they would. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really plan out my summer very well. And so that was a big lesson learned, um, kind of forgetting that summer slows down a little bit with direct sales. And I should have, I don't know what I should have done. That's for you and I to figure out next year what we're going to do with my summer. But um, this summer I had an idea to put out an all quartz collection in July. I love quartz stones. I think they're so cool. There's all sorts of amazing things that, you know, grow or live inside of them you know, eons from eons ago. Um, and it ended up being a very expensive quartz collection. And I put it out in July, which is just kind of like, who is buying, <laughs> I don't know, who's buying really expensive jewelry in July? No one. They're going on vacation. So um, it wasn't a total dud, but I, it just, I was like, uh-oh, you know, that was not the greatest idea. Um and then again, in terms of color palette, you know, I think what I've learned is that my clients all just really love the cooler tone stones, the, the blues and the greens over warmer stones um, with like browns and oranges and things like that, which I love. I love both, but I also do love a warm, like a warm palette. So um, it doesn't mean I'm going to stop making jewelry in those with those gemstones. That's such a good point you made about the price points, merchandising price points, like at certain times of year. I think we often think of like, like you said, color palettes, like at certain times of year or like festive holiday themes or like, I don't know what events people are going to at certain times of year. But yeah, in the summer, I don't know how much people are really shopping for jewelry, maybe like wedding stuff for like engagements or something. But yeah, people are going on vacation. So that's a really good mm -hmm. insight to be able to mm -hmm. take from that. Yeah, I mean, I think next year, uh, summer needs to be planned more with like bright pops of color and mm. fun, just, you know, kind of not serious jewelry. Like the quartz collection was pretty serious. <laughs> no one's getting serious in July. Um, so yeah, just something that's a little more fun and with more pop of color, I think would be a better idea. And it was also interesting how you've noticed like the color palettes that your customers gravitate to, like the blues and the greens. It makes me wonder though, is that like a forever thing or is that some kind of 2023 like vibe that everyone's having? Cause you never know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, tourmaline, turquoise, opals, they're such stunning stones. Mm -hmm. um, and I love working with them too. So it's hard to say. Maybe everyone just needs a calming mood with the blues. I think that's yeah. the general feeling. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So moving into the new year, I know we're still like hashing this out. This is like November still when we're recording this. What are like some primary goals that you think you have for the coming year? Are there like milestones that you want to achieve? Well, every year my sales goal is to increase sales by 20% year over year. Um, so that's just something I'm always looking to do. Um, and then, you know, I never really do much in terms of like Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, graduation, those types of 
um, holidays and events. So I think it would be wise to, especially graduation. I don't know. I kind of feel like that's one that I've kind of missed out on. And so I just kind of prioritizing some of those other um, holidays. And then as we talked about, you know, I really need to have a better summer strategy. So, um, cause yeah, summer was just slow this year. And part of it was because I was also traveling a bit and my brain was just kind of like pulled in a bunch of different directions. And, um, I wasn't able to really plan in advance. So that has to change for next year. And then, um, I really would like some more wholesale accounts next year. So I'm hoping, you know, at some point I can get, I don't know, three or four new really good accounts. Um, cause I, I love my direct business and it's, so, it's so important to me. It's the biggest part of my business, but, um, I really love working with stores and I also know that their clients, it's always fun for their clients to see a new jewelry designer and that helps bring in, in the end, it helps bring in direct sales too. Totally. It helps with brand awareness. Also just to like diversify your business a little bit. Like you don't want to be too reliant on any one uh, channel. Um, totally. I feel like um, I do get a little stuck sometimes relying on direct so much and it becomes a little exhausting, honestly, to um, come up with new collections all the time, be making the jewelry. And then, you know, and, and then it's the, the photographing, the uploading to the website, like all that behind the scenes work that comes with direct. I'm kind of like, who? and I do have a lot of good wholesale accounts, but it, it'd be nice to have a few more that could help kind of supplement that so that I can just be like, okay, here's the jewelry, ship it off. Yes. You only get, you know, half whatever, but just be like, I don't have to take any pictures and upload them to my website and come up with product descriptions. Like that just sounds lovely to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's such a great point. It's important to think about the time investment that you put into doing the direct, not even just like the money part of it. Um, so yeah. that's important to consider. How about like refreshes or changes for the new year? Has anything been on your mind? I'd really like to get away from fabricating with 14 karat gold. Um, I'd like to just start using 18 karat or higher. Um, I mean, for some of my hand hammered pieces that don't really take on much heat, I think 14 karat is fine. And I love the way 14 karat looks. I really like kind of the warm, rosy aspect to it. But fabricating 14 karat gold, I'm not sure, you know, my clients, I'm sure, don't understand. I'm sure other jewelers do. It is not friendly. I can get it to work, um, but, it, you know, soldering it is with you know, multiple seams and multiple solder joints, it's a, it's, it's difficult. Um, gets dirty really fast. It doesn't like to like hard solder. It's like, it's very difficult. So anyway, um, whenever I'm using 18 karat, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that was so much easier, you know? So honestly, just from like that perspective, I want to start using more 18 karat. Um, plus I think it looks nicer when a piece has multiple solder seams in 18 karat over 14 karat because it really does tend to get way more rosy when it's as it's been heated more with 14 mm -hmm. karat so it's an aesthetic choice as well so um i'd really like to just kind of move away from 14 karat fabrication and then um i really need to do better with like customer tracking mm -hmm. 
for next year, I'd like a CRM type of tool. Um, actually, you know, I get a lot of DMS and I feel like I don't follow up on leads enough. So I think that is something that I need to do better about next year as well. Yeah. I mean, it's so common. How can you do and be like all the things in your business? But at the same time, I think we had mentioned this in our meeting, like you could be leaving money on the table because not because they're, they think you're like ignoring them, but they have so much stuff going on. They're not necessarily thinking or remembering whatever piece they inquired about. And then you being able to just remind them like, hey, I'm here. I can help you. Are you still interested? Like that could even get you like a thousand more dollars a month or something like that, you know? Absolutely. It's those customer service touches that I think are so important. And I, I've got to do a better way of tracking my conversations on Instagram and my DMS because I have, you know, I have a lot of conversations with clients, with other jewelers, with my friends, with stores, with gem dealers. So I have this like wide range of different people I'm chatting with every day. <laughs> it's very exhausting. Um, and I'm just not tracking it. Like I, I was trying to use the little flag tool on Instagram, but those don't track past 30 days. And so that mm-hmm. I'd be like, wait a second, where did all those flags go? You know? Yeah. And so that's, that doesn't work. So I got to figure that out. It's impossible to keep that all straight in your head. <laughs> At least I cannot. <laughs> yeah. As I get older, those uh, memory skills are definitely declining. <laughs> Are there any new like tactics or marketing channels you're excited to experiment with and like what support kind of would it take for you to get to that point? Um, I think maybe some direct mailing could be cool. Um, just some like very well designed, um, letters, postcards, things like that to some of my best collectors, um, or maybe to clients that are new. You know, like they've placed one order. Maybe I've had like some really good conversations with them on Instagram. They placed an order. And so kind of like nourishing those newer um, clients as well. So I like the idea of doing something special for them that isn't another email. And then um, I should probably do a little something new on Instagram. I mean, I haven't really changed my tactics at all. It's working. So I'm it works for me because I don't really have the mental capacity to think of new things to do. But, um, it's, I mean, it would also be super nice to have like a social media manager, someone that just was coming up with a lot of those campaigns and ideas and posts for me. Like I think of companies like, um, Briar clogs, they're here in San Francisco. They've got the best Instagram. Like they're always really great videos. The owner, like videos of the owner are all over the place. And, you know, she's really, seems really fun and interesting. And it's just such a very like personable, comfortable brand. And so I just don't have, I just don't have time to, to do anything else than what I've been doing. So, yeah. um, Yeah. That is always the challenge, finding the time to do everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, you know, maybe there's like one small tweak, like just something new we can try and we can kind of talk about that more because who knows, you know, and Instagram's changing all the time too. So 
even something that's kind of like on cruise control now, you know, Mm -hmm. who knows how that might work later. And speaking of later, you just said the word later. (laughs) I, I did, I planned some posts on later, you know, for the first like few months of us working together. And then it just falls off. I just, it's (laughs) like, I just don't prioritize the planning of it. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe I just need to just accept it, you know, just be like Hillary doesn't use later and just move on (laughs) and never try it again. Yeah. I mean, that's okay too. That's totally fine. I'm, I'm good with someone like not using a tool, but yeah, I think it's important to try and like, yeah, you've tried it and you know, we'll just figure out the best way to do some of this stuff. And sometimes like banging your head against the wall to make yourself use something that's like best practice is not productive because that's just taking time away from you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you, Hillary. I'm looking forward to kind of like revisiting this stuff again and seeing how it takes shape and how we enter into the new year. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much, Larissa. What did you think about the interview? Are you excited to follow Hillary on this journey? I highly encourage you to check out Hillary's website, hillaryfink.com, and follow her on Instagram at hillaryfinkjewelry. The link will be in the show notes as well. Let me know in a podcast review or YouTube comment what you think. All right, let's get into the gold mine. This is a segment where I get personal and share insights on entrepreneurship, mindset, success, growth, all things business. And I want to talk about how to reflect on the past year to set yourself up for success in your mindset and also just really like prepare you for this goal setting process. And I know that reflecting on my own year And in past years, too, this is something I have to remind myself about. I've realized that business success isn't solely about revenue. Of course, those financial goals are super crucial because you got to pay the bills. Maybe you got to pay your employees. You got to buy more materials, whatever. But they aren't the whole story. And I want you to remember that even multi-million dollar jewelry companies that look really great in their bank balances can struggle in other areas despite their financial gains. And they have goals that they need to achieve in order to build more effective and sustainable businesses. So money is not everything. I know that 2023 was a really challenging year for jewelry businesses. Consumer spending dipped. Many consumers were saving for bigger financial goals instead of always indulging in luxury items. And even if people did treat themselves, their purchases were often smaller or less frequent. Maybe your business had a great year revenue-wise. But again, that's not the only measure of success because there are so many external factors that could challenge your best efforts. And so those things can be very much out of your control. So it's so essential to consider those non-financial goals, as I said, and when you're doing your reflection on the prior year to think about all the things that you've achieved that aren't just related to revenue. 
For me, in the past, I used to really fixate on revenue when I was reflecting on the year that just ended. And if I didn't fully meet my goal, I would literally let it dictate my mood. I would feel so upset. I would be down on myself. I would feel like we failed. Even when there were like a million other things that I achieved that my business overcame that year that could be impressive to anyone, I would just ignore those things because I was so hyper-focused on the revenue. But thankfully, a mentor taught me to appreciate other aspects of business. And so those things can be high customer satisfaction, positive feedback, your customer retention rate, so repeat customers, growing your team, developing your team, training your team, promoting your employees, being able to bring on more team members or creating new positions, adopting new technologies or processes so that you can be more efficient or so you can deliver a better better quality product. Maybe you're gaining recognition in the industry or outside of it, or you've gotten awards. Maybe you've created some really great relationships with potential partners or collaborators. So those are all really important things to think about. And even smaller steps like consistent email marketing or maintaining a regular Instagram posting schedule are so significant and we don't acknowledge those things enough. I think consistency in marketing is so key, especially when factors like the economy or consumer behavior are beyond our control. So focus on what you can control. Focus on the things you were able to control in the past year and reflect on the great job you did in handling those aspects of your business. And then continue to strategically pursue your goals. Of course, meeting revenue targets is satisfying, but it's also so important to celebrate all your achievements in 2023. I'd love to hear about your wins this year. What are some accomplishments that you are proud of? Drop me a line in an Instagram DM, leave a review on the podcast, or comment on YouTube. Let's chat about it. Did you have any questions about today's episode? You can always email me Larissa. That's L-A-R-Y-S-S-A at joyjoya.com. If you love this podcast, please share it with a friend who'd appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe as well as leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you're completely new to digital marketing, then you'll want to purchase and read a copy of my book, Jewelry Marketing Joy. Visit joyjoya.com book for more information.